kings and queens and in-between sinners, saints, and I don't know if I is or I ain't, welcome to another musical episode of Yash Jesus. I'm Daniel Franzese, and I'm here with my bestie, <clears throat> Azariah Southworth. <laughs> Azariah Southworth. And here at Yash Jesus, we believe... Allies are made, not born, honey. And we need allies who are speaking up. So stand up, speak up. Get in the pews, because we're about to get into great, gay, gay Christian news. <laughs> I almost said gray Christian, whatever. Um, let's talk about it, Azzy. Tell me the hot tea on uh, this American Idol Oh, we moment. all saw it coming, but it's official now. We got to talk about <laughs> American Idol star David Archuleta. Honey, I'm still single. In an Instagram post, he came out as part of the LGBTQ community, although he's still figuring out exactly how he identifies. David Archuleta says, I came out in 2014 as gay to my family, but then I had similar feelings for both genders, so maybe a spectrum of bisexual. Also have learned I don't have too much sexual desires and urges as most people, which people call asexual. Wow, nice job explaining all those letters in the LGBTQ ac acronym. You know, like, I... David is so cute. He's mm. such a little cutie. Truly. And I, I'm sure that... Um, uh, Whoever he wants to date will be happy to date him. <laughs> <laughs> well, Archuleta... We're just happy to have you. We're happy to have you. Yes, we're happy you are able to come forth publicly with that truth of yours. So, um, But Archuleta was raised in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, so... She, he, sorry, I, I, I just call everyone she, just for the record, everyone. <laughs> so David <laughs> is, is Mormon. So um, David says this, you can be part of the LGBTQIA plus community and still believe in God and his gospel Amen. plan. I've tried for almost 20 years to try and change myself until I realized God made me how I am for a purpose. Come on with the truth. Instead of hating what I have considered wrong, I need to see why God loved me for who I am and that it's not just sexuality. So many other traits of who I am come from how I've been created. He also encourages others to show compassion towards the LGBTQ community. He wrote that other Mormons and Christians need to, quote, do better by listening to the LGBTQ community. I mean, that's true. Yeah, David continues to say, please have compassion because it's most likely been an exhausting journey for them to be okay with the feelings they have and never have been able to change. Yes, that's so needed, especially in the Mormon church. Welcome, David, to um, living your truth. Um, whatever, how long that journey is, we're here for you here. Yes, at we love you. We support you. God bless you, David. Yes, we are going to go on to our praise report and prayer request part of the show. This is where if you have a little something extra you need some help asking God for, we're here to help and add that to our prayer list. And if you have something that you're just you're so excited about that you want to scream some praise from the mountaintops, we'll help make your voice a little louder. Um, we have a prayer request. Tell me this uh, prayer request, Azzy. Yes, this prayer request comes from Jemima. Jemima says, I have a prayer request. I posted a question on my Christian teens Facebook group asking if they believed you could be LGBTQIA plus and a Christian. Almost all of the answers have been a firm no. And the only ones replying yes were other LGBTQIA plus Christians. I have asked multiple times if anyone has looked at any LGBTQIA plus affirming interpretations of the Bible and that question seems to be getting ignored. 
I pray that the people who need to see this will and that my arguments in the comment section have not fallen on deaf ears. Have a lovely day and God bless. Well, Jemima, you know what? You got your answer. It's not going to be in the comment section on that Facebook group, but the answer is that yes, you can be LGBTQIA plus and Christian and there are great resources. Um, you can go to our website, yesjesuspod.com, to look at some of those resources. Our freaking deacon Ross Murray wrote an excellent book called Made Known and Loved. That's a great resource that you can pick up um, to begin with. Our, um, uh, I think the only prerequisite to loving God is just loving God. So don't mm -hmm. uh, worry. You know, sometimes teen teenagers don't even have the full information yet. They're relying on things that other people are hearing, too. Um, keep talking to God, and I'm sure you'll find your way. And we're here for you, too. Uh, we have a praise report, Azzy. Uh, this message comes from someone on Twitter at It Might Be Abby. So maybe it's Abby. I don't know. <laughs> um, the, the local United Methodist Recounseling Ministries churches hosted a wonderful pride event in Columbus, um, home of Nina West. It was a wonderful opportunity for queer Christian love. I have been so blessed to have grown up in a church community that's always made me feel loved and accepted unconditionally. I know that this is painfully uncommon. So today, I'm just sending God extra praise for safe spaces that not only welcome but celebrate LGBTQ plus Christians like the churches at today's festival. I love that. You know, I have to say um, thank you for uh, sending us that message. Abby, it might be you. It might be Abby. Um, I, uh, because I love hearing about alternative prides. Mm -hmm. It's such a nice thing. I, um, when I was Grand Marshal over at uh, Heartland Pride, they had a youth pride and, in Omaha. And it was so interesting seeing families there with kids. Like It would have been so comforting and warming to have something like that. And to see it in the Midwest was amazing. This is amazing. Uh, thank you uh, for all of the, the United Methodist Counseling Ministries for doing something like that and holding a pride event. I think that's so important uh, for LGBTQ Christians. And we thank you. You. Um, we're going to take a little break and we'll be right back with our favorite part of the day, the scripture of the day. And we're back. <laughs> Azzy, did you like that? Uh, with the scripture of the day. It's soul food. Azzy, it comes from Mark. What is it? Tell us the scripture of the day. Scripture of the day comes from Mark 12, 33. To love God with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself. This is much more important than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Well, there you go. I'm glad we don't have to burn things anymore. Um, no, but I think it's so wonderful to think about that, to love God with all the heart, with all the understanding, and with all the strength, to love one neighbors as oneself. That's so much more important than all the other offerings, sacrifices, and all the other things uh, that were required of that time. So I really think, um, again, sending this scripture of the day, taking this message and moving it forward uh, to Jemima, who is asking that question, like here, this is the answer. It's to love God with everything. Today, we have a guest who loves God with everything, puts God in uh, her art, um, and we're so happy to have her. We need more allies for the LGBTQ plus community, and we need to be allies to other movements. It's only when we stand up for each other that we could all do better and be better. That's right. Allies are important, but there is always a debate about their place in the LGBTQ movement, partly because allies are not LGBTQ themselves. They are the supporters who are outside the community, but standing in solidarity. 
I don't think that anyone could just call themselves an ally. It, it, it's a term that should be conferred. As an LGBTQ person, I see what you're saying and what you're doing, and I'll call you an ally. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm going to watch you, and I'll let you know. Well, today we have a great ally with us, yes. and we are so excited to talk with her. Melinda Hale is a multifaceted talent as an actress, an incredible singer, songwriter, director, podcast host, activist, and mom. Mm-hmm. Across all of her work, Melinda utilizes her voice for positive change in the world. Her current projects include a new photo video series titled Black Voices Heard, chronicling the experiences of Black Americans. She also has a podcast called Hashtag We Need to Talk, diving deep into hot topics and current events and an array of uplifting music, which I have been enjoying very much, Melinda. Especially. Yes, welcome, Melinda! Yes. Oh, thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Thank yeah. you. And as you've been rocking, you've been rocking. The music. I have been rocking out to Melinda Hale <laughs> on my Spotify. Um, I love that song. You're so sweet. Um, it, it's it's a cover that you did of uh, Imagine that you can. It, yeah. You gotta sing yeah. a little bit. You have I to know break it down. The song. I know the song. <laughs> what a great compliment, Ezra. You're so welcome. <laughs> You're so welcome. <laughs> well, thank you regardless for yes. listening. I appreciate that so much. <laughs> um, that's so funny. Yeah, we were playing your music today, me and my sister, while we were playing Mario Kart. <laughs> Where we're like, oh, I love it. <laughs> I, you know, I think it's, it's great. Uh, I think being an ally and activist, we're so happy to have you here because I think that people have to grow and evolve into becoming an ally and activist. It's, it's not like we just know this. Yeah. We have to be taught. What was your earliest influences on your activism? Um. Honestly, I pretty early on, really, because the household that I grew up in was always just a very loving and affirming household. And even the church that I went to, I grew up in an AME church. I was just really taught that the basis of being a Christian, for example, was just loving others. So I've always been the type of person that has wanted to advocate for other people, stand up for other people. If my voice was louder, I wanted to be able to use my voice to be able to get a message across that maybe somebody else's voice wasn't being heard in that way. So that's just always kind of been hardwired into me. I definitely am patterned mostly after my mom because she's also a very vocal person and, and, and outspoken and an advocate for many people. So I'm really, really lucky that I just grew up or in a family that always focused on love. The AME Church. A lot of people aren't going to know about the AME Church and how it started. Do you mind giving us a little bit of a recap of the history of how the AME Church started? Because I think that's significant, not only why you do the work that you do, the songs that you sing today. The, the Amy Church was started by a man named Richard Allen, and it goes, you know, back to even before the Civil War, but it really was um, when everything was segregated, obviously, and Black Americans came together and wanted to just have a community, basically. But they've always advocated for others. You know, it's AME stands for African Methodist Episcopal, for people that don't know what AME stands for. But the really the theology and within that church has always just been about loving people. And they have, you know, grown a lot on their stances on other things as well. But I've noticed that black churches in general are more likely to talk about social justice issues and talk about being affirming and talk about, um, you know, how to be an advocate and ally for other people. So yeah, the AME church, at least the ones I've grown up in and been to, were always loving very, very affirming. So I feel very blessed and honestly privileged. I mean, I think I, 
to me that sounds like the to, to me the, the like the best type of a religious experience is when wh- whatever the, yeah. whatever experience it is that it's it's all encompassing and loving and accepting i mean to me that yeah. that seems like the place that i want to be when when i'm in worship yeah Absolutely. You, you, when you go to, I mean, when you think of church, you think of church as like community in a place where you want to feel closer to God and you don't want to have to worry about anything else. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) So just being there and being surrounded by love, like that's what to me church is supposed to be. So I'm lucky that I've had that. And the Amy church, like you said, was birthed out of the pursuit of justice because they were being segregated from the rest of the congregants. Um, and, and a lot of the music yeah. that you sing is is about justice and about love. Um, is is your upbringing in the Amy Church, is that the fire that fuels a lot of that? Um, that's a great question. You know, when I started doing music, I definitely just did the whole R&B pop thing. And it wasn't until maybe like five or six years ago when I was like, I need to say something else. And I, there's so much happening in this world and I need to use a platform that I've created and a platform that's growing to actually speak out about more issues. So while my voice has always been used to speak out for other people, I didn't really use my music in that way until recently. And it's actually been more powerful to to speak out through music because music is mm-hmm. something that everybody listens to. And, you know, you can always find any kind of song to uh, channel an emotion that you're experiencing, whether it's heartbreak, whether it's happiness, or whether it's speaking about justice and trying to get a different perspective and a different thought process out. So my church upbringing definitely didn't influence that. It's just as I how I grew and the experiences that I was having and the stories that I was hearing with people that I was around that I thought, you know, I have to use my music to say something else than just a Music's such song. a great way to reach people. I mean, it's like, a, you know, especially when you start to become of an age where you're like uh, learning about other things than what you're just taught. You know, we're gro- we've grown for so, for so long. It's just us in our community. And then we're able to like branch out and kind of have like, you know, bigger thoughts and stuff like that. I remember like <clears throat> really discovering uh, a huge part of like just deciding what path my, my path was going to be in college. And you went to Azusa Pacific university, oh. which is such an evangelical <laughs> school. Was that a big adjustment for, from your home community and with your family? Well, it was a big adjustment for several reasons. For one, it was, and I hate saying this, but it was aggressively white. Like it just was right. And even though Santa Barbara was also aggressively white, I grew up in a black church and I was lucky enough that in a predominantly white community, I was able to have my community of black people to look up to and to connect with. So going to the Pacific, that was very different for me. But also I grew up with gospel music. I grew up with the, you know, that kind of the spiritual. So the first time I ever heard contemporary Christian music was in 2003 (laughs) when I went to Azusa Pacific and I was like what is this there's a guitar like people like it was just weird right so it it was like the tambourines (laughs) right it was was, there was a lot there's the lights like I'm used to like a choir and one in a either an organist or a pianist right that's what I was used to in church so there's like this full band the acoustic guitar leading everyone's we lifting love hands. Jesus. Like, this like, is <laughs> the words were on the screen i had no idea what that was i'm used to a hymnal right so that in a sense was a culture shock but as a whole when i got to apu because of how i was raised i was very shocked to learn a lot of people's stances and and how they grew up and i and i always joke that i went into Azusa pacific 
very liberal and I came out extremely liberal <laughs> yeah. because I was, I just, I couldn't wrap my mind around some of the theology that people mm-hmm. had gotten behind, how the Bible was interpreted and how people were just treating people that weren't like them. I've never in my whole life been exposed to so much um, contradiction mm. and honestly hatred and judgment, especially when it came to the LGBTQ community at that school. And it was really it was just, it was hard to, it's a hard pill to swallow. And of course, just being a, a black female, I already have, you know, some things against me in terms of how I present myself and the things that I stand up for and advocate for. So there was definitely um, a lot of negative discourse that I had at that school, but the music program was great. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I'm really glad for the education that I got, but um I, I joke now that if I were at APU now, I definitely would. Have oh, we feel already. that way. You know, we understand totally. We've been dealing a lot this year with colleges, like and and how and especially uh, Catholic and Christian universities and how they handle um, LGBTQ students, people of color, w- women, yeah. um, and just some. And, you know, just with the way that uh, some of these uh, universities work. I was fired earlier this year from Walsh University uh, right after the Vatican made the announcement that they wouldn't um, bless same-sex marriages. Hours later, they fired me from hosting their beauty pageant. And it was this whole thing. Oh I made a video gosh. that, you know, there was a response. But what really came out of it was all of these students and faculty members, former and present, who were all speaking out about how they felt mistreated because they were LGBTQ. And, you know, they had they finally had, like, this student government meeting for 15 years. They've been trying to have this. We're still rooting for you, Walsh. I know that a lot of you listen. Um, they've been trying and still unsuccessfully to have an, just a safe space that LGBTQ students can meet on campus. And we're hoping that they deliver on that next year. Um, but when they had the yeah. student government meeting, the most impactful to me was the leader of the Black Student Union, who was like, we understand how you feel. We'll change this to the Minorities Union, and we could all be together. And to me, that is like the essence mm. of God. That is like when you can uh, find a way to bridge a gap on like something that is so painful to people, uh, which is mistreatment. And I think that it's incredible that somebody who is so vocal about acceptance and loving and and just helping bridge all the, you know, everyone's movement, you know, um, could come from a place yeah. like Azusa. But I think that sometimes you have to be you have to be in a situation where it is a you know uh, you, you see how other people treat people in order to realize how you should treat them you know yeah yeah and the other thing with Azusa Pacific this happened a few years ago there was actually a transgender teacher there that they ended up letting go they said it was you know amicable and of course it wasn't and it was so disappointing to me because there was such a big opportunity to lead with love yeah. in that situation and they just chose not to do it and I've never understood that mindset that if you're trying to pattern yourself after the way that Jesus lived you should always be leading with love regardless because now by doing that all you're saying is well obviously they treat the LGBTQ community differently, but definitely now you're saying for the transgender people that may want to go to Azusa Pacific, mm-hmm. you're not welcome. If the faculty is not even Yeah, I was a part there. of Equality Ride, um, who, and they made a pit stop at Azusa Pacific University the year before I joined, but I was on the 2008 Equality Ride. And in 2007, we stopped at Azusa Pacific University and um, God bless them. They, they still, you know, what, 14 years yeah. later now still have ways to go. Um, But Melinda, one of the things that you talked about was the theology that you encountered at Azusa Pacific University. And um, like Danny said, we still have students from Walsh University and other evangelical and and Catholic universities that are listening that grew up in that theology that may not be aware of the theology that they still were indoctrinated with 
Um, so I, what I personally like to do in, uh, is, is to talk about that, expose it and deconstruct it. So do you have an example of some of the theology that you encountered that was harmful to you and, um, that you see that still persists in some of those circles? One of the main ones that happened was they, uh, hired a mm. female pastor at Azusa Pacific and <laughs> the uproar. I was seriously <laughs> so confused by it because I grew up with a black right. female pastor and I was like, oh, cool. Like a f I was like the only one excited <laughs> and I, and, and when people were like, I can't believe they hired a woman. And I'm like, why? And they're like, well, some people just have an issue with it. And I kept poking why? Like nobody could actually give me a reason <laughs> for why they had an issue. I'm like, if she is preaching God's word and living like Christ, yeah. what is your issue? Of course, they don't have an answer to that. But it's that kind of kind of archaic and antiquated thought line of speaking, a line of thinking, excuse me, that is so problematic and harmful because it doesn't make any sense. And there's no reasoning behind it. They can never defend their reasoning for why they believe what they believe. So that's, you know, I mean, that's the, one of the biggest ones I, I, I can think of. I think we're told to believe a lot of almost impossible things. We're supposed to believe, you know, like a, a man made an ark and went on the water. We're supposed to believe that the water separated. We're supposed to believe all these different things, which, you know, a lot of us do. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're like, well, I can't question anything. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I can't question yeah. the wrong things. If this feels wrong, it's just because they said so leave me alone, you know, like, mm -hmm. and you start to, because you feel yeah. like your whole sweater will unravel mm -hmm. if you start to explore. But God, these, these, I, I, I can't help but believe that these stories are fantastical. So we keep wondering, like we're supposed to keep questioning the world. And I think yeah. that's what people are missing. You know, that people are, you know, a lot of times when people don't read the word, someone else is reading it to them. And then they just take that information. It's like yeah. playing telephone. Um, they just, you know, they know what they know. Yeah. Um, it, it, that's why it's really important that uh, we have people like you uh, in the world who are doing what you do. And, you know, and we have this podcast and we're trying to continue to be of service. You know, I had a huge wake up call in my life one, one day. And, you know, me and Azzy together, we hang out all the time and we were sitting there and we were uh you know, Bible wondering and, you know, just chilling and getting stoned and, and like and like praying together and thinking about things in the world. And we're like, other people need to hear these conversations. Like, what was your moment where you just found like the calling that you just had to be of service? Oh, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> there's there's quite a few. Um, I think. So obviously growing up in the church, I've just always had that heart, right? But when I left LA and went to New York, it was always important for me to find a church home and a church community because that's what I was around, you know, even coming out of APU, even though I was a little scarred, like I just still wanted to find a church community. Right. And so I ended up finding, um, a mega church, which I, again, wasn't ever exposed to growing up. And, um, did you, did you welcoming. get a free coffee? It, it, did you said all the right coffee? things? <laughs> free coffee. Actually, cause I was in New York. We got what? free subway yes. cards. Okay. Free Subway cards. They really knew how, like, here's your subway card. It was $5 at the time. It was two fifty, so you could go to church and then you could leave. So they know how to help people I went people to one up, of the right? ones that had an In-N-Out truck. I was like, okay. Like, you, know, oh like, I was, you know, I was like, but, I was like but they do everything yes, to get true. you there. It is true. Yeah. They yeah. do everything they got the to get money. you there and they, they know the how to reel you in. They do. They got the lights. They have the fog machines. The one, they the have one here, the, the millennial the one here atmosphere. In Florida that my family goes to has a crane camera that goes over the whole audience. Like I'm just like oh like God. two of them. I feel like I'm like on prices. The set of prices. Right. <laughs> 
we could have a whole conversation <laughs> yeah, 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 about yeah. church true, production. True, true. But <laughs> and let's and let's anyway, future so, <laughs> for real. So anyway, so I found this church and it was a great community. I ended up being an assistant worship leader, and it was. Uh, you know, it felt like a very loving and welcoming experience because what I learned after the experience, and I'm going to tell a very heartbreaking story, but what I've learned is that mega churches specifically that are non-denominational, they are very good at concealing language so you mm. don't actually know what it oh, is they believe. Oh, speak that believe. truth right now. And that oh, is man. That so gets me so mad. Problematic. <laughs> so problematic. So as an assistant worship leader, there were people on the team that were part of the LGBTQ mm-hmm. community, right? At least, and, and I, I, I hope this isn't offensive to me, but it was, to me, obvious that they sure. were, right? Even though they never said that they were, They were giving right? that energy off. So, like, I, yeah, yeah. Right, kindly. right. And I, regardless, call, I call did not sure. care. You don't know, you shouldn't care. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so... I I remember that one of the members wasn't there anymore. And I remember going into the office for the worship leader for the church and just like, oh, you know, where what happened to so-and-so? And it's like, oh, you know, he... Um, and then I remember he paused and he's like, did you know that he was gay? And I was like, mm. yes. <laughs> like, did you know I'm black? Like, <laughs> right. That's how it was to me. You know what I mean? Like, um, and he's like, well, you know, we that's just not something that we're comfortable with, basically. And he went into this long spiel that I feel like I kind of just blacked out on because I couldn't believe that I was actually having this conversation. And I distinctly, one of the things I distinctly remember him saying, because I was saying, you know, I have plenty of gay friends, like they're beautiful Christians or beautiful humans. Like, what is the issue? And I distinctly remember him saying, well, I'm sure God has a plan for your gay friends. And in that moment, I knew I didn't need to be at that church anymore. And so um, I ended up leaving and uh, it it worked out perfectly because even at the time, my now husband and I were trying to decide if we were going to stay in New York for him to go to law school or go to Chicago. We ended up going to Chicago. So it was great. I I quit. I, you know, was in New York for a little while longer before I went to Chicago. But I was like, I can't be a part of a community that is actively oppressing people that just want to serve and just love God and want to sing on a worship team. Right. You know, already in New York, (laughs) if you're there, most likely if you're a singer, you're probably trying to do some form of performing, right. Which it's hard enough as it is to get in. And now you're just getting Um, kicked out. And you're probably good. Because you have to be good at whatever it is you do (laughs) to stay in New York, (laughs) you know? Right. So that to me was when I was like, I really need to make sure that whatever I do in terms of service, in terms of being a Christian, in terms of my music, whatever I do, I have to always make sure that I'm standing up for what's right, even if it costs me a job, because it's that's how you make a difference. And that's how you are an ally. But it's not just saying like, I stand with you. It's like, what are you actually going to sacrifice to Mm -hmm. prove a point? You know, so that was a, a huge a huge wake up call for me because it's so I divisive. The way I they was a little naive. The, 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 you know, the, the words and make you realize like I called, um, cause I do like the church that my family yeah. goes to. And I checked, I checked in with them mm-hmm. and I said, um, are you LGBT, LGBTQ affirming? And they were like, you know, uh, we don't know about policy, but pastor blank loves everyone. And I was like, no, like that's not enough. Cause policy means that like yeah. my kid can go to your school or that you'll marry us or that, you know, and then, you know, at this church, I actually have respect for them because they don't marry anyone or baptize anyone because they won't do it unless, you know, like, you know, cause mm. that's a, a stand that they are within their own jurisdiction. I get that. Um, but to me, it just seems a little watered down. Like I want to know that I'm like, you know, I have the, that 
I want to feel that vibration. I want to know, you know, it's so hard when you find a church community and you feel like it lines up with your values just to learn that they still limit LGBTQ participation or female participation. It drives me nuts. Yeah. Yeah. They can, it's, it's so deceptive, (laughs) you know, and it's not, what church is supposed to be everyone if you say everyone is welcome then stand by that actually mean that but i've re- realized that if a church says everyone's welcome eh, that's when i start to like mm-hmm. google and go to like mm-hmm. uh church clarity that yes. website and like okay what do you actually <laughs> that is literally because all are welcome that, is that so is literally problematic Walsh university's for, like quote like everyone's well everyone's welcome that's like what they say like that's like they're how they advertise their school and then you get to the fine print yeah you know for the for those listening yeah. church clarity Org is a great way to find out if your church is affirming. We've said that many times on the show, and we will say it till we're blue in the face. But also, if it's not on Church Clarity, go to their website, if they have one, look up their statement of faith, and start just breaking down, because most of the time, these churches do state their beliefs and their policies sometimes on their website. And a lot of these churches, honey, are secret Southern Baptists, but they don't want to let you know because they have- Or just know. call an ass. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm like, I'm, I'm at that <laughs> point, I'm going to call an ass point now. Yeah. I've been here and I'm like, hey, I want to go to church. You know, we were just talking, um, uh, not to go on a tangent, but my nephew's one and my sister was saying, I want to have him start going to church again. I want to have him have the upbringing we all had and had that feeling. Like, how do you start that with an infant? And like, how do you do that? And I was like, we just got to expose him to it. But I was like, it's almost better for you every Sunday to sit down and say, this is this is the story of Noah and make him do an arts and crafts project than it is to put it in other people's hands unless you know who's teaching him. Otherwise, it's just daycare and it's a place for you to go, you know? And I, 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 I'm, I'm torn. I looked up on Church Clarity trying to see if I could find something in the area and I didn't even see anything in my own area. So I got to start doing the work. I got to start making calls and asking because I want to know for me because I'd like to go. Yeah. You know, I'd like to be there, too. I don't want to be the weird uncle in the back that's not allowed to speak. <laughs> Trust me, that's not me. It won't happen. <laughs> Melinda, you're Why does he have rainbow Crocs on at church? I'm like, deal with it. <laughs> Honey, why don't you have rainbow Crocs? Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> Melinda, you're just not an outspoken LGBTQ advocate. Um, you also address in your music a lot of the sins in our society today. Do you mind talking a little bit about that and, and some of your music and, and the things that you address? Of course. So like I mentioned before, when I started out doing music, it was definitely more pop, more R&B, just like typical top 40 stuff. Right. But as I grew and was exposed to more situations in the world and things that were happening, I knew I had to to use my music to make a difference and to speak about things that mattered. So um, I think it was probably 2015 or 2016. And this sounds terrible, but it was one of the many police brutality killings. Like, literally can't remember which one, but that is when I really started to have a shift in my music. And when I realized that I needed to write more substantial music with a message. And so, um, yeah, one of the songs that came out of that was a song called we run and I'm going to sing that song till I'm blue in the face. And until there's actually some form of police reform or something that changes because Every year, as I continue to sing these songs at my shows or just, you know, repost it online, the message just still stands. And and I know it touches so many people and it gives people um, a deeper perspective of just what it means to be black in America. So, yeah, that's really was kind of 
the impetus for me starting to write music mm. that way. I think that's beautiful. Music's a great way to spread a message. I think about Martha Reeves and like dancing in the street and like how that wasn't even supposed to be something that was politically activated and ended up getting all these people and making yeah. them empowered, you know, or born this way. When I still to this day, I mean, it came out way after I was, was feeling okay about myself. But when I hear this song Born This Way, it like electrifies me or Strange Fruit and how much powerful, yeah. how powerful that song is. So many activist anthems. Yes. And I, Strange Fruit is such an interesting one because I think people don't, you have to really yeah. listen to it to understand what it's about. And it's haunting. It truly is. But the message is, it needs to happen. And music is just one of those ways that you can really drive from messages instead of, you know, arguing with them on Twitter, <laughs> which I still do often. <laughs> But music's probably a better way to reach Let's them. talk about your specific, <laughs> specifically your music. Uh, what are some of those songs that have really powerful messages our listeners should check out? One of the songs that I have coming out next month on August 20th, Yay. the day before my birthday, Yay. which is a great way to really stick it to evangelical <laughs> yes. Christians, which is what the song is about. It's called um, God and His Gun. And um, just the title alone, I'm you sure know. you uh, know what it's going to end up being about. But I, I felt so compelled to write this and I asked one of my friends to co-write it with me because I know he feels the same way I do because I've been so frustrated and disappointed and heartbroken to see that a faith and a person, Jesus Christ, who was supposed to be the embodiment of love has really been hijacked to represent so many negative things. And it's it's really sad to me what... Christianity has become when it's supposed to be legitimately just rooted in love. So the the song God and His Gun is something that is uh, really, really important at the message. And I hope it makes people mad. I, do. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it. One of the things that, um, speaking of like Christianity is supposed to be founded in love, um, I, I I heard it expressed in a different way through my friend Kevin Miguel Garcia and through I, the book um, A Course in Miracles. And the, the Course of Miracles and what my friend Kevin said is that salvation and a true miracle is when there is the conversion from fear to love. And so mm. when we are still operating in that fear, we're not operating within the Christ consciousness, the Christ spirit, you know? So um, I'm excited to hear that song, God and, and his gun. Is that correct? Yeah. And his gun. Yeah. And it's interesting that you say that because two of the lyrics, one of them says, your fear is haunting mm. you. You're coming undone. And then it says, you could choose to love, but instead you run. So I'll leave mm. you to your God and his gun. That's like, so you saying that it's like, yeah, I think I wrote yeah. the right. <laughs> Is it a callback to your song? We run. No, it's completely different. Yeah. It's just completely unattached, but, um, it probably could be. I mean, you know, the sentiment, I mean, like, honestly, like, you know, we're dealing yeah. like, it's amazing how little social justice comes up in white evangelical churches. Like we need to hear music like this. We need to have different perspectives out there because it, it just reaches uh, a, a, an audience that needs to be hearing different perspectives within the same mindset. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think the reason for the lack of social justice conversations in the evangelical church is really because they haven't experienced any form of oppression. So even though they know as Christians, you're supposed to be helping others, they 
feel like everything's okay yeah don't need they don't yeah it's it's really really odd but it's like you know if you're not homeless it doesn't mean that you shouldn't help the homeless (laughs) you know you you know what i mean so you don't have to know what the the my you know marginalized groups are going through to to be able to help them it's it's a really odd mindset where can i I, i'm curious where do you find god because we're what i hear us talking about right now is is a lot of binary systems as well as um mm-hmm. uh, us versus them kind of thing like there's the homeless and then there's the 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 unhoused and and the housed right um so like what comes to my mind is you know god is always there in the middle of it but i'm curious where where do you find god honestly in the little things you know it's it, it's just sitting on the couch with my family. It's, you know, listening to music, laughter, things like that, where you just, you feel God's presence because I truly believe God never intended for anybody to feel pain or sadness. Like he wants us to feel joy and happiness. He, she, it, whatever, however you describe God. Right. But I find God in really those little moments and I, that I try not to take for granted. You know, it's easy to say, oh, I find God in church or I find God in this and that. But it's the little things for me that I really feel. You know, I saw you uh, doing the he, she, it moment for God. Like one thing that we found out, like we discovered while doing this podcast and a little bit of research was that the the, the reason it's a capital he is because it's a genderless pronoun that is just reserved for God. And it made me feel so much more comfortable Mm -hmm. using that dialogue because I felt that God has always transcended gender. And I think that, see, but it's like, we've been, that, that was was the intention of using the capital H, and that is something that is a perspective that's not taught. We're, we're, we're looking at God as a male figure. He's drawn as an old white man with a big long beard whenever he's drawn. It's imagery and it's things that make us feel that way. And I think it's like if find, that finding that way to connect on a deeper level with God and, you know, um, is exactly what it's about. But I, I saw you doing that one thing and I was like, man, I, mean, I did that six months ago and I was like, oh, I'm just going to maybe, you know, do something for you. Because I feel like that really opened up such a perspective. On the show, we, you were talking earlier mm-hmm. about um, uh, the transgender faculty member at your college. And it was reminding me about how, like, we were listening to, you know, we were reading uh, on our podcast, we found a story about uh, Paul uh, witnessing to a eunuch and the eunuch saying that, that Jesus wouldn't object and then baptizing the eunuch and and then uh, finding out about Joseph and his coat and about how uh, it, it was a ketanet pasim and perhaps a princess dress in, in the correct translation and, and Joseph was genderqueer and just the idea that these perspectives exist and that they are backed up in um, the history and the science of Christianity and like that they're never discussed that like you know that they're leaving yeah. out marginalized groups who probably need Christ the most and it, to me it's um, I think that's why it's so important that you do what you do um, in all of your songs uh, you, you talk in uh, we run was a response to BLM a story to homelessness real love to marriage equality falling um, it was inspired by Leela Alcorn tell us about that yeah, so Leela Alcorn um, was a transgender girl that took her own life, um, and the message that she left for her parents really, really broke my heart. One of my dearest and best friends in the world is a transgender girl, and I know what she went through in terms of feeling like she didn't belong and feeling like she did want to take her own life because she didn't feel like she had any support or love. And um, that song, Falling, it... Um, it makes me cry every time I say I sing it, and um, because it's really about teens that feel like they don't have a place in the world, and I can't imagine feeling like 
you just can't be who you are and no one's loving you for that. So that's really what was inspired by that. And I know that people that have heard that song have thanked me and that's really the the best compliment that I can get just connecting to anything that I write and feeling like I'm expressing what somebody letting people feel seen. And, um, that brings a lot, that brings a lot of healing. Um, do you think of yourself as a Christian artist? I, I, not by, you know, music industry standards. No, I don't. I mean, everything that I write really does have some sort of spiritual undertone. You know, I actually just wrote my first, wrote and released my first faith-based song called Still Standing during the pandemic, um, really just to empower people and make people feel good about the fact that we had been locked up for such a <laughs> yeah. long time and it, we were going to be okay, you know, but I wrote it for myself, but for other people as well. But yeah, I, I don't call myself a Christian artist, but I'm an artist who's a Christian. I don't really know if I'm standing that much. I don't even know if I wear shoes anymore. We're going to say, um, as the world opens <laughs> up, <clears throat> I don't even know my feet. It's been a really uh, while, uh, a while since that. Um, but now actually that the world is open up and I do have my shoes on, I I want to start going to church again. I do. Um, Azzy, do you feel the same way? Do you, like, I want to start going. No, like, some, no. To some pl- I don't want to go. Yeah. No. <laughs> you don't go no, I'm just kidding. That's okay, too. I have. I, no, I that's have okay, been, too. I went to my first service uh, a week or so ago. Um, so, yes. She's in church. Praising the Lord. Oh, I am good. curious to see what a Florida-affirming church looks like. Like, what does that look like? Um, I, I just want to, yeah. uh, because I, I you know... Uh, both Azzy and I are both uh, conversion therapy survivors, you know, but I, I actually came, I like went here and I'm curious to see, like, you know, I just want to feel that uh, like a good energy here. And um, so that's something that I'm looking forward to. Uh, do you think that you found a church that lines up with your values? Yeah, I, I've always been lucky in that sense, other than the uh, outlier in, in New York. But um, yeah, I'm currently the worship leader at a wonderful church in LA called Harmony to Luca Lake. It's very affirming, very diverse. Um, and I also lead a group at that church called Courageous Conversations. And it's all people that want to be better allies or just learn history that they weren't taught and just talk about topics that are very difficult. I'm huge on conversation, obviously, with my podcast and everything that I do. And it's really wonderful to see and hear from people that want to make a difference, but they are vulnerable in admitting that they don't know how or where to start, but they want to do it from uh, the heart of Christ, you know? So it's that's been really a beautiful aspect of the church that they have that they also have a group there called the arena that is specifically for lgbtq christians that are either dealing with church hurt or they're you know far in their walk with god and they're helping others but it's really really a beautiful community and i've been able to sit in they're welcoming (laughs) to everybody you don't have to be a member of the lgbtq community to, to go to that group but i love how much the church offers and i love how welcome and seen everybody is in that community harmony toluca lake church you said Okay. Harmony to Luke. We'll have to check yeah. it out. As if we can go to that one together, we can come absolutely. In. I'm done. By. Um, what advice would you have? <laughs> would you want to leave or drop for a future activist? Great question. Um, I think first and foremost is listen. I think listening is an important step into activism because you don't want to start you know, speaking or using your voice until you know where your voice is needed because you may not be needed in certain places and you may realize, oh, this needs me. This is where my voice will be the most impactful. So listen first and educate yourself. I can't 
stress enough how important it is to read. So many people don't read and I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Educate yourself so you know what you're talking about, but also just so you can broaden your worldview and hear from different people, learn different perspectives and know how to go out into the world and make a difference. And then the last thing is, if there is something that you're passionate about, find other people that are passionate about those same things and then have those conversations with them because they could also be able to guide you. Don't be afraid to ask questions. I think that's a really important thing. Well, I also remember the name of the song, Surprise Yourself. That's oh, oh yeah, I love that song. Yes, it's a cover of a yes. Jack Garrett song. <laughs> yes. Surprise <Thank> yourself, you. <laughs> get on Spotify, stream some Melinda Hill, and it'll do your heart some good. I promise you. <laughs> we are actually going to close out today's episode with one of your songs, "Still Standing." Uh, Melinda Hill, thank you so much uh, for sharing your journey, your activism, and for putting those messages in your music. It is so needed, and we mean we need more allies like you. Uh, one more question: How can people find you? Of course. Um, I'm just at Melinda Hale across the board, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And the only difference is TikTok, which is Melinda Hale official. But you can find me everywhere. My website's MelindaHale.com and I'll get you links to all of those social awesome. media. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. All right. Yes, Jesuits. Our tithe, love offering, charity, act of good this week is record a message at yasjesuspod.com to tell us a moment where you realized God was calling you to speak out. We want your stories. And go check out Melinda Hale on iTunes and Spotify or wherever you get your music. All right, Azzy, let's bow our head in prayer. All of us, join us. Bow your head. Unless you're driving, please don't do that. Jesus can't actually take the wheel. Okay, here we go. God, we give you thanks for allies like Melinda, Mm -hmm. for all that she's learned, for finding her voice in songs, Mm -hmm. in small groups, in podcasts. Lord, we want to thank you for her and for her joining us. And we want to pray for David Archuleta, for him coming out and finding his truth and on his journey of discovering what that means and sharing himself with the world, which is so important, which Mm -hmm. could, in fact, impact and save lots of lives. And we pray for Jemima that you can be the LGBTQIA plus and Christian. Let them know it. Let them feel it. Let them witness it. For the United Methodist Reconciling Ministries Pride event in Columbus, we pray for them. We bless them in the work that they're doing. We pray that they are able to spread the joy of God in their community. So we give you thanks yes, we are for so all of grateful. these things. Yes, we are so grateful for that. And we give you so much thanks. In your holy and precious name, amen. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Yash Jesus. You can find us on social media at Yash Jesus Pod or on our website at YashJesusPod.com. Hey, Queen, you can leave us an audio prayer request or praise report on our website, YashJesusPod.com. It's your tithe this week. Do it. We would love to share your voice and your prayers on the show. So drop us a line or send us a recording on YashJesusPod.com. Send us your praise reports, your prayer requests, your episode ideas, your guest ideas, or even just a little song. Um, an ally. Um, um, an ally. <laughs> we want to hear from you. Yes, Jesus is hosted by me, Danny Franzese, and Azariah Southworth. Our show is produced by the freaking Deacon Ross Murray. Special thanks to Sophie Serrano and Meredith Polly. Yas Jesus is brought to you by Oddity. Oddity execs are Ryan Lochner, Jessica Bustillos, and Steve Michaels. We are streaming and screaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, honey, are you listening? Because you need to listen to this. Matter of fact, take a, take a note. 
God loves you just as you are. So keep praising the Lord, y'all. Well, I'm still sad. 